0: This is Crazy Damn Canadians, and this is episode number five. And I'm really excited for this episode because our guest is a good friend of mine. His name is Mark Newdorf, and uh, he's on the management team at a local dealership in Prince George called Wood Wheaton. And in our last episode, we actually filmed one of his good friends and my good friends, Don Willamont. And that conversation was uh, really focusing on the hunting community and conservation and how hunters can be conservationists. And he mentioned uh, you and, and, and then we got kind of talking about you a little bit uh, because something really unique uh, that I think will resonate with people across Canada has occurred just recently in our city. And that unique thing is a little girl got sick and uh, I'm not gonna say who the little girl was or how you found out about it but Mark can you tell us was this girl and how did you find out she was sick
1: so yeah I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a background on myself um, so for me I've been in Prince George for about nine years come from Vanderhoof I was raised there for 24 ish years um, met lots of people had a next-door neighbor or close to a next-door neighbor used to come over and jump on the trampoline and that was knocking on probably 18, 20 years ago. And that was the mother to this girl. Her name is Carolyn uh, Krawczyk now. Um, But anyways, I've known about it for a long time. This is a struggle for them that's been, you know, knocking on three and a half years now where this young girl and her name is Hallie, um, where she has got a poorly differentiated um, Chordoma. It's a a, a very, very rare form of cancer, about one in 20 million people get it. And so this young girl, Hallie has been struggling with this. And obviously uh, the rest of the family as well for three and a half years. Now it has been absolutely innumerable trips, surgeries, treatments, radiations, all of this kind of stuff for three and a half years. Uh, In 2018, she was actually in hospice. So, you know, you can only imagine how hard that would be. And she's a fighter. She's 12 years old and she's a little gymnast. She's a firecracker. She seems to always have a smile on her face. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I've known about it for years and now it came down to, you know, essentially crunch time where either she gets this surgery in the U.S. or there's nothing else they can do for her and they can just kind of live out whatever days that she may have left. And so her parents have been incredible throughout this whole thing. So I know Matt especially has researched. Uh, Matt, in my opinion, has more knowledge about this form of cancer than a lot of the doctors. I would say probably the majority of doctors across Canada today as her father. And so he's done an incredible amount of researching, studying, doing all this kind of stuff. And they've actually taken the lead on a lot of these different kinds of treatments and drugs and, and different, different things that you can do to try to you know cure your child right so you know if you if you look at it it's your child you're going to do absolutely everything in your power you can you're not going to take no for an answer
0: well and so that's where um the story gets a little bit different is because they were looking up treatments and they discovered a treatment in is it philadelphia
1: that's in pittsburgh so in in pittsburgh they've got a a, a, yeah they've got a, a facility where this specific kind of cancer they do the treatments uh, it's a proton uh, uh, beam radiation sort of a treatment and surgeries different things like that to give you an idea it's uh, they're going to be down there for around six months to have these procedures done so it's going to be between pittsburgh and boston and you you can imagine right so um, at the start of all of this uh, MSP had said, so that's medical services plan, had, had denied Matt and Carolyn any kind of funding whatsoever to have this surgery done. Uh, to my understanding, the surgery is going to be in the area of $325,000 Canadian, $250,000 US, just to have the surgery done. And so what you have to understand when they say that that is for the physical surgery that does not include complications that does not include extra medications that does not include anything to do with them staying down there it has nothing it doesn't cover mortgage payments at home time off it doesn't it doesn't cover any of that stuff and when you're looking at something you know as a, a minimum amount of time that they're going to have to spend down there of 6 6 months that's a huge financial burden right so, well and plus future
0: yeah, issues that could arise for this child like there could be stuff in the future so what was your guys's target what were you what were you trying to raise right you're thinking MSP is not going to cover this she can live potentially if we can get this treatment very limited time left without the treatment what do you need to raise what was the objective
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll go back a little bit further because I'm going to give you a, a thought, a little bit of a, a, a glimpse into my mind when I started this. So um, to give you an idea, go go back a little bit. My brother was diagnosed with COVID, um, which obviously you know. And anyways, hmm. I, had been in, <laughs> I had been in contact with him. And so anyways, because I had been in contact with him uh, because of where I work and I work with the public and stuff, it was mandatory that I get a COVID test just to make sure that I'm in the clear because I'm in the management at the dealership there. And I come across a lot of people as well as my sales team who con- come in contact with a lot of people. It was the responsible thing to do. Uh, so this happened on a Tuesday afternoon. I got sent home from work and it, it's been nagging at me Um people can call it what you want. I'm a very, very open, very blunt kind of a person. You feel this tugging on your heartstrings. Uh, You can call it conscience, you can call it God, you can call it whatever you wanna call it. Um, But for me, I had ignored this tugging for a while already. Like you should do something for these people. This girl is so perfect and so precious and so amazing. Like you should do something. And I kinda, it's like, okay, well, I gotta work. I gotta work, I gotta do this. I had to put my priorities first. Then I get sent home with COVID. And the next morning, Wednesday morning, I woke up at 4.45 a.m. and I was awake. And I mean like eyeballs staring through my my eyelids awake. And the first thing I thought of was her. And so anyways, my wife was still in bed. I jumped out of bed and went into the living room. And just on a whim, I was like, okay, well, I've done this once before for uh, a young girl. Her name was Prim down south where we just had a small group on my my gun selling page. Uh, and in three days time, we raised $7,000 for her, just people donating stuff. We'd auction it off. It'd get gifted back. It'd get auctioned off again. It went off without a hitch. And so anyways, at quarter to five in the morning, I was like, okay, well, I'll just start a Facebook group. I'm going to label it, uh, as a, a hunting auction group, because I know that my hunting friends are going to want to support this. Um, you know, hunters generally are very loyal people. I've been in the hunting industry for you know, 18, 20 years. And I've, I know a lot of really, really good people in that industry. And so I thought that maybe I would just reach out to them and see if maybe, you know, end this by Friday, you know, do a, do a three-day auction, hit $10,000. And, you know, at, at this point, I was under the impression that the surgery was going to be in the area of $100,000. And so I figured, hey, if we can hit $10,000, you know, pay for 10% of the surgery, you know, it's, it's three days that I'm stuck at home with COVID anyways, and I hate sitting around. So I was like, okay, well, this is what we can do.
0: Right. So that's when I, I did notice, and you messaged me asking, can you put this group out? I really had no idea what it was. I just knew I was being asked to share something. And I noticed that it was a hunting group raising money for a little girl. I didn't know the story, but presumably you got a couple items from friends. You asked, People in the hunting community, if they had any items to donate, and you popped them up. What happens next is you start selling the items.
1: Oh, it was it was amazing. And actually, the, the only thing that I'll I'll correct you on is the cool part was is we never asked for donations. Not one time in this whole you know twelve day period that we did this, we never asked for donations. So what I did is I put up something of mine. So I, I just showed people I was like, this is how this is gonna work. And so for me, I'm, I'm good at doing European mounts on deer, bears, you know, coyotes, all of that kind of stuff, um, you know, essentially where you, you clean stuff up so that you can have a kind of a keepsake of it, right? And so anyways, I put this up and I said, this is how we're going to do this. And I just put it as auction number one and explained, you know, how the rules just bid on it and, you know, um, had already put in the, the rules of the page that all the money was going to be going towards Hallie, explaining what the money was going to be used for, who Hallie was, and all of a sudden people start bidding and bidding and I'm like, okay, cool. This is how it's supposed to go. And then all of a sudden I got a message. Hey, I can do European skulls too. Can I do one? And I was like, heck yeah, you can absolutely auction number two, another European skull. And so all of a sudden people start bidding on that and it, I can't even explain it, Dave. It went from selling or just not selling, but donating a European skull to my wife and I both being on our cell phones, for the first five days, we averaged 14 hours of screen time. Between uh, the the two of us, Hmm. we were both sitting in the living room and absolutely swear, we never once turned on the TV other than just to listen to Christmas music. I never checked my personal Facebook page. And for five days straight, we were on our phones sitting next to each other for 14 hours a day because we could not keep up with donations. There were times where both of us were on donations, trying to post stuff to auctions, and both of us were slammed and we had 20, 20 in queue. And it just- it, So how did it people end up paying so fast. So what I did is, because we didn't wanna go through GoFundMe, I'm not trying to, you know, it definitely has its place and it's awesome and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want anybody to get a chunk of this money. And so what yeah. I did is I dra- drained one of my personal accounts and every single penny came directly to me. So that's a huge responsibility when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, which at this point, to be fair, I had no clue. Right. I was hoping to hit ten thousand yeah. dollars in three days. Right. So, yeah, it was one of those things where it's just crazy. So Absolutely we're going to
0: get into some of the. Phenomenal. We're going to get into some of the stories of the different things you did. Um, but as you started raising money right now, you're raising money because you've got this multi-hundred-thousand-dollar bill, $350,000 bill to get the surgery, and then something happens. As the hunting group blows up and it starts getting all of this attention on the auction, what happens with the government?
1: So, uh, just to back it up, so Wednesday morning I decided to start this group. To, To give you an idea, it's probably the first time that I've talked to Carolyn or Matt in 18 years. So it's not like they're, you know, long lost friends or whatever else. It's somebody that I had a soft spot for uh, growing up and stuff. I've never met Hallie myself. um, But we made such an incredibly fast, strong relationship that started Wednesday morning when I opened up this group because I actually opened up this group without talking to either one of them. And so I haven't talked to them, like I said, in probably 18-ish years, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden it starts blowing up. And so I was like, okay... Maybe I should reach out to Matt and Carolyn and just let them know that I'm actually doing this for them so that when they get questions, they're not like, uh, hunting auction for who now, right? Especially considering I spelled their daughter's name wrong in the heading and couldn't change it for 29 oh. days.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So That's anyways, the best. You know, it, it,
1: it really was the best. Um, well, yeah, I spelled I, I spelled it the way I thought it was, and I was like, well, I can edit it. And so I go out, figure out what her name is, or you know how to spell it go back in there and it says, well, because you just changed one group's name, you can't change it again for 29 days. So it kind of stuck.
2: So, Can we talk about some of the auction items that were actually donated from people across the nation and beyond? Because from my understanding, there are some pretty amazing items that were donated. And what is the, the total amount of money raised to date right now?
1: For sure. So actually, right before I came here, um, I did it specifically because I made two promises when I started this group. Uh, As the money started to flow in, I promised uh, Matt and Carolyn that they would be the first people to know. And I promised my group, our group, that they would be the second people to know. Um, So I'll I'll give you a little bit of an idea. Um, We got donations from everything from cinnamon buns to homemade sausage to multiple truckloads of gravel to round square or, uh, to round hay bales, uh, we got guided hunting trips from as far away as Manitoba. We had probably 12 to 15 all-inclusive charters that were either for sturgeon ocean fishing. We had 10 maybe 10 full deer mounts that you know retail at about a thousand bucks a piece. I, I I can't even go. We we finished the auction on auction number 400. So you can imagine we had 400 auction items. But when you have a 10-pound package of sa- yeah, we had a 10-pound pack of sausage. And though th- these were actually some of the, the items that were be- being donated at the very beginning. Um, there's, you know, uh, uh, Vanderhoof, it's a, a Mennonite community. It's my background and stuff. So there's lots of people that make their own stuff. So the first people to put up sausage, they put up a 10-pound pack of sausage, and it went for $425. So you're looking at $42.50 yeah. a pound for some smoked sausage, right? And, <laughs> and then of course they did it, again. they did it again. And I think next time around, it went for 475. And so there was multiple people that started doing this. There was stuff um, donated as simple as a pincushion, you know, uh, just a small pincushion that went for almost hundred dollars children's books. There was artists reaching out from all over BC, Alberta that were donating, um, you know, sketches of you and your dog or your family, like portrait artists. Like we're talking high, high end artists. And then people like Jim Shockey started to jump on board. So the people that don't know who Jim Shockey is, he is the equivalent, uh, like the, the same as what Wayne Gretzky is to hockey. That would be the equivalent of what Jim Shockey is to the hunting community. He is the guy. So he actually posted our my post a couple of times, reached out to me personally, donated, shared it amongst his friends. There was multiple other hunting TV show hosts and, uh, and sponsors and stuff that reached out to us. So, uh, it, it was it was just it was absolutely unreal. The snowball got really big, really, really fast.
0: What and were Mark, some of the biggest you your life? What's that story? You go ahead, Scott. Scott. We got to always going to learn this. we this is the first time we're using Zoom now to meet uh, COVID-safe, separate, and so there's that slight delay where normally you'd hear someone start talking, but because of the delay, that's the uh, technical challenge. Go ahead, I just Spot. wanted
2: to, I just wanted to compliment your wife and you for managing all 400 of these auctions because even managing one auction on social media can be a full time job, but to do 400 is absolutely sensational.
1: Yeah, yeah and as we as we plotted along, I did about the first hundred, and then I wanted to rip my hair out and stop dealing with people. No, I'm just kidding, uh, but I did want to rip my hair out. Um, we we started to streamline stuff, and so. Uh, in the way that it worked my wife and i worked from our home my sister kathy was there with us from the very beginning she worked from home um so kathy's job was to write down in handwriting every single auction the auction number what was donated who donated it who the contact was for who donated it because if a company donates something you still have to be able to reach out to them via facebook so we had to have somebody we could tag with you know the winning bid and all of that kind of stuff so we we learned to streamline the process after about the first 100 auctions And so what would happen is, is we were getting dozens and dozens and dozens of requests to donate stuff. And I taught my wife this really cool thing on iPhones where you can do the quick text. So all she had to do is hit QQ and it would automatically spit out this whole long spiel about how to pay for stuff or how to, you know, put your auctions up for, for, uh, or sorry, how to uh, explain explain your descriptions and stuff like that, what we needed to actually post an auction item. So that was probably the most time consuming part at the beginning was the fact that somebody would send a picture and say I want to donate this. Well, what I was so, doing at the beginning because I was, because I was thinking this wasn't you know going to be that many people, I would take the picture and then I would write my own description for it. And as time started going on, it just you, you just couldn't. So we, you know, Tally had a message preset. Any yeah. any any donations went automatically went to my wife. I had a preset thing on my phone that automatically kicked them over to my wife and uh, explaining all that they needed uh, was an item description and a couple of pictures and who they wanted to, you know, tag in the post. And then it was my wife's job to actually physically put them up on Facebook. And so going back a little bit more just before I I forget, um, there was five of us in in this group, in this admin running this page. So it was me, my wife, Tally. Uh, it was my sister Kathy Martin's. Uh, it was uh, Julie Hodson in Vanderhoof, as long as, ter- as, sorry, as well as Teresa Phillips. So two of those ladies, Teresa Phillips and Julie Hodson, I'd never met them before. Before this group, they started to show interest in the group. They reached out to me and they said, "Is there anything we can do?" And I'm like, "We're absolutely slammed. We can't keep up." And it, yeah, they took the reins. We made our own little group, sort of a chat, and we learned how to streamline and how to work together. Otherwise, there's there's no way that we could have pulled this off without all of them.
0: So one thing I want to cover right now is the fact that as you were doing this, um, the government actually stepped in and reversed their decision. They weren't going to cover any of the surgery. And now they said, we will cover the surgery. Uh, What point in the auction was that 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 occurred?
1: For sure. And sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought before. So uh, Wednesday morning when I was talking to Carolyn, um, you know, she started crying, I was talking to her and she said it was her third appeal to MSP to have this covered. They had somebody in the higher up in MSP. They had, um, you know, their doctors fighting for them to get this covered. And while we were, you know, getting this auction going and, you know, it was just kind of starting to take off. She informed me that MSP had made their final decision. They were not covering the surgery. And so this was Monday, I want to say at around, or sorry, Wednesday at around noon, the opening day of the auction. I believe it was the following Tuesday. So it would have been six days later. I want to say it was the Monday or the Tuesday. Um, All of a sudden at noon, they got a random phone call saying uh, this is MSP and we've decided to reverse our decision so people can draw their own conclusions um you know it went on global yeah. news it went on cctv news it was mentioned in the house of commons um you know it went across canada it went uh-huh. in the us we had donors from out of the us and stuff right and so people can draw their own conclusions as to why or how it was reversed but to me it speaks measures as to what a group like the majority of the time we were running this auction the group started with 100 people it's now sitting at about five thousand, but the most amazing part of this whole auction for me was the fact that we had 11 12 days with 5000 people in our group there was not one negative word there was not one mention of trump there was not one mention of trudeau there was not one mention of covid because any one of those things you bring up any 3 of those topics there's a you know a side for and a side against and all they do is fight right and it was yeah. unreal to see 5000 people all pulling the rope in the same direction and it was it was it was miraculous it was literally it was just a modern day miracle to see that happen
2: what you just said there mark resonates with me so much because there are so many beautiful things that can happen on social media and and your story exemplifies it perfectly but too often i find Social media is just lambasted these days with negativity and pointing the finger saying it's a time vampire and it, nothing productive ever happens and all people do is go on and argue and there's nothing but critical comments and, and feeds but there's stories like this that manifest that really do show the positive and amazing side of what can happen on social media with people working together.
0: No, I absolutely fully agree with you. So, Mark, you... um. There was a couple different things that were mentioned to me that I really think people should hear. Um, specifically, there was stories like the Blue Jays' bat, I think it was. Can you tell me about that?
1: Absolutely. So, um, it, it's my understanding. Well, I know that uh, Hallie was in hospice. I don't. I think it was probably somewhere around that time, maybe a little bit earlier. Here's this uh, bald-headed little, I guess at that time, probably 10-year-old girl And they got flown to Toronto. They got to meet the Blue Jays. Uh, She's got pictures with Aaron Sanchez and, uh, you know, a a couple of the other Blue Jays. And they gave her a bat and a ball uh, as a memento. And they signed the bat and the ball. So there's some really, really cool pictures of her holding the bat and the ball, you know, with the Jays and with all of that kind of stuff. And so as Hallie is watching this auction unfold, because... They're kind of watching it from home, kind of getting excited when people bid and seeing the new items. It was it was almost a little bit of a relief and a break for them, I think, from the daily thought of, you know, my daughter is dying. She needs help. We need to get her help. You know, a lot of this kind of stuff, tons of stress during this time. I think it was a little bit of a relief for them. Um, but because of that, all of a sudden she decided she was going to go to her mom and say, hey, mom, like, I want to help too. And so she had asked her mom if she could donate this baseball bat and this baseball signed by the blue Jays. And, uh, you know, her mom reached out to me and she said like, what do you think? Like, is this appropriate? Is this? And I said, absolutely. I was like, let's, let's throw it up there. You know, it's, it's her fight too. It's, it's, you know, a huge part of it is her fight. And if she wants to donate and she wants to contribute and she wants to help absolutely. And so, um, I put it up as post number, okay, so I guess there's 401 auctions. I put it up as post number 777 and labeled it with a bunch of hearts and, you know, it's a a bat and a baseball. And like I said, this is still relatively early on. Um, And so I had no idea what it would bring, you know, two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 is what I was hoping. And... One thing you have to understand, and I'm not ashamed of this at all. I, it was actually, it was a huge highlight. I bawled all week long, like I sobbed and cried. And when this post came up, it was essentially tears from the time that I pushed the submit button until the bid finally closed. And every time somebody would bid, all of a sudden it was at a thousand, two thousand, and then somebody would up it up to five thousand, and it jumped from five thousand to eight thousand to ten to twelve to fifteen thousand, you know, sixteen thousand dollars. And it was sitting at sixteen thousand dollars the the night of closing. And then it went up to seventeen thousand. Then it went up, and it was it was two people that were bidding on the bat and the ball. And uh, anyways, they were kind of going back and forth and back and forth. and and everybody's cheering them on. The atmosphere was electric, it was unreal. There were people crying, self admitting, admitting, I'm just, I'm sitting here crying. And what ended up happening is the auction closed at midnight. And so the final bid was $23,000 for the winner. And the next morning, the person that was also in the hunt for this bat and this ball, uh, they they had apologized because they had fallen asleep and they matched the $23,000 bid. And so that bat, I get goosebumps, like right now, straight up goosebumps. That bat and ball uh, brought in $46,000 and the bat and ball stayed with Hallie.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow.
1: (laughs) And and, and Uh, The the amazing part about a lot of this was the fact uh, that these aren't coming from ridiculously rich people you know were these people you know maybe in the in the wealthy category sure you know some of them i would say probably 90% of the people in that page were your average working folks but you know what they didn't mind sacrificing one or two paychecks knowing that they've got another you know 5000 paychecks to make before they retire they didn't mind sacrificing one or two of their paychecks so that they could be a part of this cause there were people that were that, that would reach out and say hey like i don't have any money but what can I do? What can I donate? We had one donor um, that was in this position. They didn't really have anything to donate, but they wanted to contribute. And so they went and they bought a couple of bags of chips, a couple of pops, a couple of little snack things, whatever, and then made a homemade Kaiser. And they posted that as an auction, right? And so for me, I was super excited. I was like, I don't care. You give me anything. You give me a, you know, a twice twice chewed bubble gum or something like that. I'll post it. I don't care. And so anyways, I threw this up there. And I believe it went in the area of $575. But it yeah. wouldn't have. See, that's It, wouldn't have, that's it incredible. wouldn't have gone that if it wasn't for that thought, right? And so it was just the thought of somebody had pricking their heart. Like I said, that tugging of the heartstrings. And it just it happened to so many people over the same time. And the amazing part about all of this is, yes, absolutely, we're helping to give a child the best possible chance they have at beating this. But you know what? The blessing for the people that donated, the blessing of the people that bid, the blessing of the people that just liked liked the comments and made their own comments, the blessings that they received out of this was, I'm telling you, it was absolutely out of this world. And I got hundreds of messages of people um, uh, testing to strictly to that.
0: Yeah, so what happens next for this little girl? Like, do you you have any updates on what's going to occur now as the end result of what you've done and...
1: Absolutely, so first and foremost right now is it's going to be the surgery. And what a lot of people that didn't understand, um, kind of the urgency behind this, the problem was when I started this auction and MSP at that point hadn't hadn't stepped up, I guess you could say, they had to come up with this money before they were allowed to book the surgery. So it's not like, okay, I'll book the surgery. Don't worry about it. I'll have the money by then. It's like, no, you're going to pay for the surgery. Then we will book you a day. And so it's not like, you know, we had tons and tons of time to do this. That's why it's so awesome that MSB stepped up and I'm glad that they did. The money that we raised is going to be huge as far as taking, um, the stress off of them while they're down there for six months. But for me right now, we, we closed the auction. There's still, you know, some, some items that were, you know, um, that we still got to square up and stuff. But what we've done is we've told people, hey, if you still want to give to this cause, if, if this is still something that you've, you know, feel on your heart, this is something you want to do, donate to. I promised the parents that I would not close that page until there was absolutely nobody left that wanted to donate. And so what we have been doing is anybody that wants to donate, we're placing them all kind of uh, on hold. And if there's enough of them to do an auction on Saturday, Sunday, whatever day of the week it is, we will run them all through. And I will do this every weekend for as long as people want to donate stuff.
2: That's absolutely That's amazing, amazing, Mark. Is, is there an opportunity for say if people don't have an auction item or have the creativity to go and find one, can they just send cash to you or to a certain link right away to make sure it gets to Hallie?
1: Absolutely. And so what we what we did there again is, I, I, I honestly, I can't explain it. Like I know that I've got quite a few connections and I've got a lot of close friendships and, and people that will vouch for me. Um, but the fact that people were willing to send me insane amounts of money to my personal account was very humbling. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. It was absolutely amazing. So yes, there is still a GoFundMe page. that's open. Um, there's certain credit unions that have a fundraiser account specifically for Hallie. Um, but yeah, and, and please, you know, keep giving. So what, what we've decided all of this money, every single penny, and I think this is important for everybody to, to understand and realize, um, every penny of this is going into a trust. And so every dollar that is being donated, if there is all of a sudden a surplus, which I doubt there will be just because of the fact of what this is going to cost them over the next five years, however long it is, it is my, my will that, this money stays with them in trust to cover any kind of medical expenses. I don't care if this is until she's 70 years old. I don't care how long it takes. This family has suffered for three and a half years and has had to uh, try to come up with funding to and from Vancouver for three and a half years already. It's my wish that this money, and it will happen, this money will all end up in a trust for them for as long as they could possibly need this.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That gives them the flexibility that they can decide in future we're okay now and they can reallocate it, like famously happened with baby Diego who needed a kidney, and that's the only other time that I know of in Prince George history where this kind of money was raised um, for a kid who was sick, and the extra money from that story became BC Friends of Children. That would be a great, actually, podcast episode in future on something exceptional that happened, but we've got the new version of it. And uh, I think that was a powerful story. And I think that's something that is going to be fantastic for people as we go through this whole process of people being stressed out and anxiety and mental health. Mark, what you did is exceptional. What the people who did it with you is exceptional. The fact that it's the hunting community, which gets hacked on a little bit by some segments of the population, makes it even more exceptional uh, because it's all around just a very unique story. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And it's one of those things that I like good news. And so, you know, I, it, it's something that I wish we would see a little bit more of in this world, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, love, a little bit more generosity, maybe a little bit more long suffering, a little bit more patience, a little bit uh, more understanding, and, uh, you know, a little bit less of me, me, me. And uh, that that's the whole thing with this is for me, I just had an idea, this, there's been a lot of people that have reached out to thank me and I've appreciated, I genuinely have, but it's not me. Uh, all I did was have an idea and you know, I put it, I put it up in Facebook and the rest of the people carried it through. And so you got an incredible amount of support and stuff that that's what it was. So for me, it was just a a little bit of an idea and you did ask, that's why I was kind of looking away here for a second. Um, Scott, you did ask how much we raised. Uh, we raised three hundred and twenty five thousand eight hundred and eighty two dollars and thirty four cents in
0: eleven days. Wow. Yeah. And I think with that, that's uh, that's the capstone when this episode airs. Uh, that's what we're gonna put how a bunch of crazy small town hunters raised three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for a sick little girl in eleven days. And Mark, you guys are you guys are heroes. Whether you want to hear yeah, it or not, thanks, that's a hero. I know, I hero that. quality. Yeah, and and so that. a humble
2: hero, to say the the least. Very humble, Mark. I I feel like we should rename this episode of the podcast "Crazy Damn Heroes" because Mark, it, it's just exceptional what you've done and incredibly humble about it too. Over three hundred twenty thousand dollars is truly remarkable, and you're right when you say. This is what the world needs right now, is more stories like this, more kindness, more generosity, more teamwork, more working together for a common goal And what you've done for Hallie and her family is something that should be recognized by a lot of people because my hat's off to you and and, uh, it's just a a very heartwarming story to hear, especially around this time of the year during the the Christmas season.
0: So so as we wrap this episode up, um, I would like to say anybody listening, because we're going to try to push this story out, Uh, So people, everybody hears it, if you are listening to this story and in your community, there was another situation like this, please reach out to us. Um, You can personal message me, David Mothus, M-O-T-H-U-S, on Facebook because there's no other Mothuses in pretty much the whole planet. Uh, So I'm easy to find on Facebook and tell us you want to tell us your story so we can get these kinds of stories out to the rest of Canada.